Hi everyone, this is Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Everything is Football. Don't go away. Hello everyone, and welcome to another EIF podcast. My name is Tomas Rousseau, and I'm here with Nizar Kinsella. Nizar is a correspondent for Gold.com, and he writes about Chelsea FC. Uh, Nizar, thank you very much for being with us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure, man. And of course, what other way to start than talking about the game last night? What a performance. You know, many people said it would be a tough game for us, but we pulled through. What What did you make of the game? Yeah, I did expect it to be a tough game. I thought it'd be much tougher. West Ham, you know, West Ham away, London derby, uh, Monday night, should be a good atmosphere, but Chelsea sort of rose to the occasion like they have done all season. Um, they're able to win games in all conditions, you know, they can blow teams away, they can win ugly. Uh, you know, if a refereeing decision goes against them, they kind of rise to the challenge. It seems like uh, this Chelsea team just rise to all challenges in the league. And uh, yeah, West Ham, um, you know, they'll they'll beat good teams this season, but Chelsea won't be one of them. Yeah, and, uh, and the way, with how unstoppable we look right now, can anyone catch us? Is it a little too optimistic, you know, to be saying the league is ours right now? Uh, or... Or can we start, you know, being hopeful? I think I think I think you'd be right to be hopeful. I think if Chelsea lost the the title in this position, it would be something that's uh, quite remarkable. Um, I mean, only one team has lost uh, the league from this position. I think that's Newcastle uh, many, many, many years ago in the Premier League. So uh, I think I think Chelsea fans could be confident. Um, but Man City is still just about in the hunt. Um, if they win their game in hand, which is um, Man United uh, at the City of Manchester Stadium that'll that'll cut the gap to eight points. Then, then they play Chelsea as well, so that would that would cut it back down to five if they could beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, which isn't easy. But shows you that it's not completely over. But that for for City to win those two games and you know to keep pace with Chelsea, who are in great form, uh, it's going to be incredibly difficult and. You know, I could actually see Chelsea growing that lead, uh, making the lead even bigger, or you know, maintaining it about ten points at, at the end of the season, winning the title with games to spare. And I mean, of course, this season uh, we've gone from strength to strength. Uh, we're still in the FA Cup right now. We got the big game coming up uh, next weekend. Uh, do you see us beating Man U? We, you know, they might be without Slotten, so that's a that's a big plus. Uh, do you think they can cause any troubles, or should this be slightly? easier than, than what some people might be expecting. I think, it, I think actually it could be easier than the West Ham game. But, um, you know, Man United have great players. If Chelsea don't show up for any reason, um, then they're going to struggle. But just Chelsea's uh, squad's in much better shape than Man United. Like you said, Zlatan uh, would be a huge blow. It looks like it's almost certain that he'll miss that game. So, uh, do United really know how to play without Zlatan? I mean, I'm not sure about that. I think... That won't go in their favour. You know, Chelsea can play without Diego Costa. They've used Hazard as a false nine, but I've not seen Man United play too well without Zlatan, so that'll be a, a big blow. I guess they're going to use the pace of Rashford, the pace of Martial uh, in his absence to try and uh, beat Chelsea on the break. Um, so that might be something to watch out for. But, you know, teams with wingers haven't really... Uh, worried Chelsea too much uh, this season. Uh, the only teams that have sort of worried Chelsea have been teams that have mirrored the formation, and I don't think Man United can do that. Uh, Spurs have probably been the team that have shown how to play against Chelsea. But yeah, I think 
Man United are going to have to really step up and really do something special to get through that game, um, which they're capable of, but they've not shown it on a regular occasion this season. And, you know, Chelsea going to the game flying and Man United going to the game with problems. And of course, you know, this season has been the complete opposite of, of what last year was in, in every possible way. Uh, I remember I was at the bridge, you know, the first game after Jose got sacked. And I think it was the most toxic atmosphere I've, I've seen at the bridge. Um, I'll bar maybe that, you know, that game against Barcelona back in the day. But, you know, what do you make of the whole situation last year? Because I see a lot of people saying that, you know, the way Conte came in and he's doing this with the same group of players, you know, except for Conte and Alonso. Uh, some people say that that speaks a lot about the players being at fault for what happened. Some people say that really Conte showing that maybe Jose is the one who was to blame. What what do you make of the whole disaster that that was last year? Uh, I think Jose. I think Jose's comments when Ranieri was uh, sacked by Leicester says a lot. I think he saw the Ranieri situation as as similar to how he was dismissed at Chelsea uh, recently. Uh, you know, title winner, uh, but your same players that you had last year. You know, that won you the title. That's not performing and. I think there there is an element of you know player relationships and stuff like that um, that 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 was part of Jose's downfall. I mean, the club were as open as they ever have been, saying there was a palpable discord upon his dismissal um, between the players and the manager. Uh, that that was sort of the reason for him to to get sacked, a legendary manager like Jose. Um, yeah, for me, that was definitely a huge factor. Uh, but Jose made mistakes. Uh, the one big mistake being the lack of fitness in his players going into the season, and and Conte is the sort of antithesis of that. He's he's been getting his players fit, and he also, you know, you think he's an ag- aggressive uh, sort of character, but really that's only on the touchline. I think behind the scenes, Conte uh, knows what it's like to be a top class player, and he he's, he's quite gentle with the players that need a you know an arm around the shoulder, um, and he's a he's a very good like people person, so. He's reached out to his players really well, and he's kind of, you know, seen where the problems came from Jose's regime, and he's he's tried to make sure that that isn't repeated under him. Um, so I've liked that about Antonio, but yeah, those players that failed last season, it was terrible, it was toxic, and the players were a lot better than they showed. And I think that Jose maybe is a bit bitter uh, still about that. Yeah, and, and speaking of Conte, you know, when he came in. Uh, it was mostly a positive reaction, but I think it, it's tough to say that anyone expected us to quite, you know, hit the ground running like we did after we switched to three at the back, especially the way the season started with, you know, the big losses to Liverpool and Arsenal and some last minute winners early on. Uh, what do you what do you make of the Conte situation? Did you think that Conte was going to come in and be such a big success for us? And especially the way I see him bonding with the fans, it, it almost reminds me of Jose back in the day when he came on and just, just had such a con- in instant connection with the fans. It's just, yeah. it's definitely going better than I expected at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think it's easy to have a good connection with the fans when you're winning week in, week out. It'll be interesting to see what happens when he gets his first crisis. I mean, yeah, the Liverpool and Arsenal defeats were a bit of a crisis and the uh, bookmaker in the UK paid out on Conte to get sacked. Um, which he jokes about on regular occasion. But, yeah, I think I don't think we expected him to turn the team around so quickly. But I think also the Premier League, anyone can win the Premier League. Uh, Leicester showed it last season. Um, 
Conte has managed the team really well. He's got more out of players that, you know, perhaps aren't the best players in the world. Like Marcos Alonso is playing the best, in, he's in the best form of his life. Victor Moses, um, absolutely flying for the team. Those guys aren't world-class players. And, you know, maybe one day if Chelsea want to win the Champions League, these guys are going to have to sort of step up the game even further or or maybe even move on for another player. But, um, yeah, Conte is just... He's just he's just got a, a good measure of the club. He's he's coming to the club at his peak. He's he's rested because the Italy job's not you know not so intense, and he's coming to back into club management. Um, you know, having learned English, having studied the game really well. So I think I think that I think everything's just come together really well. And and Chelsea have been lucky with injuries. That you know, luck luck is a small factor. Um, but you know, with an eight point or ten point gap, then you know, there's there's quality in that squad and players like Hazard have delivered great signing in N'Golo Kante you know for me that guy has to be player of the season uh, in the Premier League this year he should have had it last year and if he doesn't get it this year I think I'm going to be a little bit upset about it so there there are lots and lots of factors why Conte's done so well um, but you know I think that I think that it's just a case that sometimes like we saw with Leicester last season a lot of things come together uh Whereas your rivals like Man City, who I thought were going to win the title before the season started, they've had a lot of problems. Yeah, and um, moving back to the, um, talking about the wing backs, do you think Moses and Alonso can be good enough for us to win the Champions League, uh, despite how good they've been this season? Or do you think maybe we should look into bringing someone in uh, in the summer, maybe just for Moses or for Alonso or perhaps for both? Yeah, I do think there'll definitely be a wing back coming in in the summer. Um, you, it's quite it's quite easy to see, you know, if Conte wants to continue with this formation, uh, I think there's they're lacking maybe one player, um, maybe a sort of wing back who can play on both sides, uh, can fill in. Um, but I think Alonso and Moses, um, you know, as long as they can rise to the competition of whoever Chelsea sign, uh, they could they could do it. They just need to. You know, they just need to keep improving the game. Um, they're not old guys. Um, they've got the energy. Uh, wing backs, you know, aren't the most exciting players. They're, they're players who get up and down that that touchline uh, all day long, which, you know, if you look at the stats, they're always the guys who run the furthest. They run the quickest. Um, so it's not easy. I don't think a lot of players can carry out that role. Um, so I think that, yeah, I think, I think that Conte does trust these guys. Um, I've still got reservations with both of them defensively um, and the final ball from both of them sometimes lets them down. Um, but, you know, I think that I think that Alonso in particular gets quite a hard time and it's kind of unfounded just because he's an unglamorous player, because uh, he's one-footed player. He's not Eden Hazard, but, you know, he, he helps Eden Hazard to, you know, perform the magic that we saw against West Ham this weekend. Yeah, and, and you could see another player that maybe, you know, hasn't, gotten the credit he deserved until very recently has been Pedro who albeit a slow start with us when he first joined has been incredible uh, this season do you think Pedro uh, is good enough for the right uh, and with that willing as well or do you think we need a a world-class player to really make that attack uh, you know with Hazard Costa and someone on the right really be a, a huge threat in Europe which maybe Pedro doesn't provide I think I think Pedro's easily good enough for Europe. Um, you know, I think that as long as Hazard kicks on and uh, Diego Costa continues to improve, um, you know, Diego Costa's kind of, I feel like he's having quite a late peak in his career. Um, 
I think Pedro has, uh, you know, grown at Chelsea. Chelsea are playing in a way that suits his game a little bit more. Um, you know, he, he defends by uh, closing people down rather than, you know, in previous formations where he'd have to track back fullbacks, which is not his game. He's not good running towards his own goal. So uh, I think I think Pedro works well in the system. He's good enough. He's scoring goals. He's, he's playing at such high level this season. Um, he's, he's playing really high level. But in saying that, Chelsea just need one more top top class forward, I think, just to come into the forward line for next season because, um, you know, when you've got those Champions League games, you need that sort of squad rotation and next season will look very different to this season. This season, there's been about 15 players playing for Chelsea. There's been barely any rotation. I think the only the only players that rotate in are Willian uh, and Fabregas and, and that, that's it, really. Uh, with Matic and Pedro. So I think next season we will see more rotation. And, you know, part of the reason Chelsea are doing so well this season is the lack of European football. It is a big burden on squads. Uh, there will be more injuries next season. Um, and it's the sort of, it's, it's also the sort of reason why people like Michi Batshuayi have had so few minutes on the pitch because, um, yeah, there's just there's just not the games and, and there's not the injuries that Chelsea can manage their squad easily and uh, keep winning. But, yeah, Pedro, great player. Um, really like him. The Barcelona experience, the World Cup experiences he's had uh, can only help the squad. And in, in terms of players leaving, you're, you're just talking about the squad. You know, it's it's so hard to break into the first team, but at the same time, we just have such a deep bench right now, be it in, in defense with Zuma, JT, and and um, Ake, be it uh, midfield. We're, we're filled everywhere. Do you think any players might leave in the summer due to a lack of playing time, maybe Michi or, or Sesk or maybe Willian? Or do you think it'd be in our interest to to keep most of these guys? Yeah, I think Chelsea should try to keep them. Um, but, you know, whether they can keep them, I think that there's huge interest in Ake. Obviously, what he did with Bournemouth, everyone in the Premier League is looking at him as a as a guy who can come in and uh, sort of lift their team. Um, worth a fair few million, though. Uh, Bournemouth tried to sign him on deadline day, didn't they, in, in January? So, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to keep these guys happy. But Conte is a master of sort of, you know, negotiating uh, and he's good with these guys, good with people. Um, and, you know, being at Chelsea um, while while they go into the Champions League next season will mean these guys have more chance. Uh, you know, they, need, they were a bit unlucky. They didn't get a cup run going in the uh, League Cup, the EFL Cup, which would have helped a lot of the guys as well. Um, so I think that, I think that Conte would be wise to keep them. I mean, it's yet to be seen what's going to happen with John Terry. Uh, if he leaves, it's good news for Nathan Ake, even though... You know, Chelsea would be losing a captain, leader, legend. Um, so I think I think there's opportunities. I worry about Michi Batshuayi a little bit because thirty-three million pound, you expect a bit more of an impact. Um, and yeah, for me, Conte doesn't trust him. Um, you don't really have to be a genius to see that. It, there's been a lack of you know action for him. I think he's only played five games this season. Um, he's not started a league game yet. Um, and Eden Hazard's often preferred as a striker to uh, Mitchie. So, yeah, you worry about guys like that, and maybe a loan move would suit him. Um, there's still going to be 30, 40 guys on loan next season as well. So, uh, yeah, um, I could see why you'd be worried about that as a, as a guy who's favourable and, and a fan of Chelsea. The Chelsea loan army in full effect, as always. But... Um... 
And now just a couple more questions, Nazar. Uh, touching on Eden Hazard, I hear a lot of people say, you know, Eden Hazard undoubtedly has, you know, some of the most incredible piece of skill you, you see in football. He's so talented, but at times he just lacks the consistency and also lacks the goal scoring to maybe make the step, you know, to be at, at the next level, you could say. Do you think Hazard can evolve his game into becoming more of a goal scorer and becoming more consistent? Or do you think Hazard has sort of reached a peak where we see these magical pieces of skill like we saw against West Ham yesterday, but then we maybe see games where he just goes missing? Yeah, I think maybe that is something that will always be uh, in Hazard's sort of game, you know, the, the fact that he 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 is brilliant like i'd say maybe 80% of the time but there there can be performance drops i mean there's often not really a reason uh why things sort of go that way it's sort of a personality thing i think potentially with hazard he, he's also one of those who fell away really badly last season there might be you know he, he has all the talent in the world but maybe there's a a character sort of floor in terms of being a top class footballer where occasionally he'll he'll drop off I mean he'll always be good enough for Chelsea he'll always be a, a top class player for Chelsea and if he stays uh, he'll be a, he'll be a club legend he stays for the rest of his career so um obviously we're not criticizing the guy but you know to get to the level that Messi and uh, Ronaldo were on I think that's that's been and gone really I don't think he can get there um, the Ballon d'Or will be interesting um, when those two guys get old or retire. I thought I spoke to Thorg and Hazard, his brother, and he said, um, as long as Messi and Ronaldo are around, um, Eden Hazard won't win the Ballon d'Or, which is coming from your brother's pretty tough. Um, so, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with what Thorg is saying, really, is that Chelsea have a guy who is the envy of everyone in the Premier League, but to get to that truly top-class, world-class level where... You know, he leaves behind a legacy in world football. It might not quite, he might not quite get there. And um, we'll see, he might prove me wrong. Um, but, you know, he's he's not a young guy, but he's got plenty of years ahead of him. He still could be, a, a, you know, win the Champions League with Chelsea or or get to an even bigger club. You know, maybe Real Madrid will come in one day. Uh, but yeah, for me... Um, I think that the jury's still out on that and it's up to Hazard really to prove us all wrong. And lastly, uh, you, you've already touched on this. You think Conte should be the player of the season or the player of the year, rather. Um, why do you think Conte deserves it? I'm, I actually completely agree with you here, but why would you say Conte should get it over the likes of Costa, Eden, and and maybe even uh, Luis? Yeah, Pete, yeah, I, I agree with the three you picked out there. Those those are the other three that I think are amazing. Um, but yeah, often people can focus way too much on the guys who score the goals or get the assists. Uh, you know, it's easy to reel off those stats. Those are the stats you look at first. That, you know, after you look at the Premier League table, you look at who was the top scorer, who got the most assists. Um, and often we overlook, you know, other players that are, have a huge impact. And it's no secret that, Kante has won more points than any other player in the last two seasons. He he might end up being a back-to-back Premier League champion, which is quite rare to achieve. Um, that is no coincidence. Kante has been, when you see him over 90 minutes, he has been an absolute giant on a consistent basis. Um, against West Ham, he was brilliant. Um, the, the sort of, you know, we all celebrate him for his energy, his, his dynamism. He wins the ball back. He reads the game really well. It's not just tackles, it's interceptions, but... 
you never see him flying to a tackle like a last-ditch tackle. He's always reading the game. All his tackles seem easy. He makes the game look easy when it really isn't. Um, I think I think that's what Kante has brought to both Leicester and Chelsea. He has lifted the team and took a huge burden off players like Fabregas defensively um, and, and allowed these guys to play in front of him. Um, but he plays himself as well. He, don't forget, he drives forward a lot. His passing range is very good. His passing stats are very good. His, his passing accuracy is, I think, fifth highest in the league before the West Ham game. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's still high. Um, he was involved in the Eden Hazard counter-attack. Um, and I think that the only thing lacking from his game, really, uh, is is the fact that he doesn't score goals. But um, I think that, that, that Conte is trying to train him into doing that. And uh, I think that he's already got enough in his game. And, and Conte was blown away by him yesterday, joking about how good he is and and how he, he he needs to score more goals and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think I think it's there to be seen, really. Um, he he leads the way in certain stats, and uh, yeah, he's going to win two titles back to back, and he's just hugely influential. Keeping guys like Fabregas out of the team and and Matic for months and months is a huge achievement as well in itself. It's certainly certainly incredible what Conte has been able to do, both for Leicester and coming into coming into our team and just completely changing the way we play uh, and just, just always so good to have someone like him that's just so reliable week in and week out and undoubtedly such a, such a large uh, part of our success this season. But I think, uh, I think that's all we have time for today, Nizar. It's been a real pleasure. We'll love to have you on sometime, uh, sometime soon this season and always up for talking some more Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you very much for being on. No worries. It's great. Great to be on. All right, mate. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Everything is Football, and follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram at EIF Soccer. Thank you very much, and have a good day. Bye-bye. Your shoes ain't off the shelves. You straight out of magazine. Feel things I ain't ever felt.